This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer. Free agency is here. We'll talk about what the Knicks did. We'll go around the major leagues on the baseball scoreboard. It's no Gordon. It's just me. Talk to me at 1-800-919-3776. Also via Twitter at Hardest to ESPN at ESPNNY, 98 underscore 7 FM, along with Brian the Brain and Jake the Snake. Yeah, he's been here like all day, right? Have you heard his name mentioned like K-Show? Anita mentioned his name? Yeah, he's still here. Jake the Snake, we're here until midnight. Then there's Freddie and Fitz on 98.7 ESPN. Gordon is off. He's going big time. He'll be in the morning with Chris Canty, and they'll recap the draft and everything else. But you know what we do. Let's go to work. We begin with the NBA free agency. And while the Knicks made some good moves, the Knicks are a better team than they were last year. But you know me, I got to be the guy that's going to be the contrarian. I still have my point guard. Now, I realize that under this scenario, Derrick Rose is probably going to be your point guard. Okay, and maybe there's other people that they can sign and do some other things and it'll be, you know, maybe they'll pick up somebody else. But all during this time, for me, my biggest choice was for this team, I wanted a point guard. I wanted one of the numerous point guards that are out there. Now, Evan Fournier, listen, is he a better shooter than what we've had? Absolutely. Let's look at the stats. And they will tell you what the deal is. And here's the best part. The best part of his stats, okay? Regular season, he shot 41.3% from three. Postseason, he shot 42.9% from three. For his career, he is shooting just under 38%. He is a three-point maker. He was a guy that many of you wanted during the trade deadline, during the regular season. You wanted him here because you understood that the Knicks needed to hit some threes, right? And so they went out and they signed him. Good. He is perfect for what they want. Could they need some more guys? Absolutely. We'll see if the roster's not done by any means. Nerlens Noel was brought back. Three-year deal. Don't have a problem with it. He's a guy who proved to you what he was able to do. We spoke about him. He set the tone defensively He for uh, as a rim protector. He was excellent as a rebounder. And in Tom Thibodeau's idea of what defense is, he is a mainstay. What happens with Mitchell Robinson? Well, Mitchell Robinson is still on the team. You can have more than one big man, right? And so, but I would say to you, because his, you know, deal was picked up. He's going to have a long-term deal. His qualifying offer was picked up. He's going to have a long-term deal pending at the end of the year. It's going to be interesting to see what they do. And this season will tell you a lot about how they can play off each other. I don't know who's going to be the starter. I would think Nerlens Noel would be the starter. And Mitchell Robinson will come in off the bench. All right, so they brought him back. Alec Burks, back. Another good move. He was a very good ball handler. He was a guy who could hit the three. He was a guy who could create his own shot, get to the basket. And once again, you look at the years for these contracts for the guys that the Knicks re-signed, okay? 
And the best part about it is it's very simple. They're all like three-year deals. Okay? Nerlens Noel, three-year, $32 million deal. Okay? Exercise Mitchell Robinson for $1.8 million. So that's the, that's the money we talked about. Alec Burks, three-year deal, $30 million. Derrick Rose, three-year deal, $43 million. Kind of get the idea, right? Because what the Knicks have learned over the years, and Lord knows us Knicks fans have suffered with these long-term contracts, six years, five years, and you're just like, oh, how much longer do we have to get this guy before we can get rid of him? They're not doing that. So that's a good deal. So I like that stat. I like what they've done so far. They needed to improve at the at the shooter. They got a shooter. You know, I've been talking. I wanted, uh, you know, the kid uh, from Phoenix, and he's resigned with Phoenix. And I didn't. I wasn't sure that uh, Cam uh, Johnson, I think his name off the top of my head. I wasn't sure whether they were going to bring him back because. You know, they just signed Chris to the four-year deal, 38-plus. Um, but they did. So, you know, they, obviously they like what he did. They want to keep their team together. And that's the other thing that you kind of saw with, with some of these folks, some of these teams that were successful. They wanted to bring and try to keep the team together. And I think that's something what the Knicks were able to do too, right? Because really what happens is you just – out of your nucleus as it stands right now, you replaced Evan Foyer, replaces uh, Reggie Bullock. All right, so that's that's what happened there. And you replace Bullock, who listen, he was really good, but you you get you replace him with a guy who's a who's a better shooter. Now, I hope Evan Foyer is ready to do a lot of footwork. Because Tom Thibodeau's defense is a little different than what he's been playing in Orlando and Boston. <laughs> he's going to have to work. He's going to have to work. Defensively, that's what he's got to do. So just for me, and I'm sure they did their due diligence. I know they drafted some point guards. I, I get it. I know that they have uh, you know some guys on the bench. I get it. But for me, I really am still as a Nick fan, searching for that point guard. And I get that as, as of right now, my point guard, my starting point guard is probably Derrick Rose. And they'll have to manage his minutes. It's not a bad point guard to have. It's not. He, he, he really, what he brought to this team last season was a mentor, another scorer who could create on his own, a guy whose three-point shooting what had improved, he was a very positive influence on this Nick roster and for this team. And yeah, it's partly because of his relationship with Tibbs that he was able, understanding what Tibbs wants, knowing what kind of offense Tibbs likes, so he was able to step in. And yes, he was a godsend for Julius Randle. <laughs> Julius Ram's like, oh God, thank goodness there's somebody else that can hit some shots so people can leave me alone. So I think the Knicks did the right thing. 
You bring back as many of the people as you can because you were a success. But now keep in mind, you still have more work to do because Miami's improved with Lowry. You know, uh, Philly was better than you anyway, and now we'll see what happens because I don't, I don't believe Ben Simmons is going to be there next year. I mean, I could be wrong, but, I mean, you, you listen to Doc Rivers at the end of the playoffs, and it sounded like they were ready to take Ben Simmons and say bye. So we'll see what happens there. Boston is real interesting to me because I don't know what they're doing there. I don't know how they're going to get that fixed. You know, they got a new coach. You know, the, the, the old coach moved up into the front office. So they've got – I'm not sure what's going on there. I mean, they have talent. I just don't – I just can't figure out why they're not winning, why they're not playing better than they have. All right? And, of course, you've got Brooklyn. Toronto, I'm not sure now how Toronto's going to look with losing Lowry. Uh, and there's some other pieces that we still have to work out and see where they're going. Chicago improved. So, you know, this Eastern Conference – where you ended up as the four seed, there's been some folks who have made some adjustments. Even Washington, okay, with, with all the all the players that they got in exchange for Russell Westbrook, that's going to be a little different team this year. So everybody in the division, everybody in the conference, and <laughs> Milwaukee's the champs, right? Everybody in the conference has improved somewhat. So you still have a lot of work cut out for you, but I think you're on the right track. In the sense of you added another player that can hit threes. You kept your nucleus together so far. You have cap-friendly deals that if somebody else comes along in the next one, two, or three years, you can package some folks and send them to get somebody else. It gives you the opportunity to improve and have your young players get better. So I think... They're still on the right track. Hey, feeling good, like I should. Nick fans, you feeling good? Let me know. 1-800-919-3776. Also, hit me up on Twitter at Hardest to ESPN at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM on the baseball scoreboard. <sighs> Mammy leading the Mets 6-3. Yankees trailing the Orioles 7-1 as they bat in the bottom of the ninth. Off to the phones we go. Mike is in Fairfield. Hey, Mike, start us off on ESPN New York tonight. Larry, what's going on? Shout out to your producers for uh, keeping me on this long from Anita. Um, But I just have three quick points. Um, The Knicks, I think they made some good moves because they're showing players around the league. You come in, you buy into Thibs, you buy into the culture, we're going to reward you one. Two, I'd say we have probably the best role players in the league. You know, they're not studs, but they're really good guys to have on a championship team. And then lastly, they're finally showing that they're buying into the young pieces we have. Yeah, they're not, you know, developed yet, but finally for once we're showing, hey, we're going to stick to this plan. We're going to stick, like you said, three-year plan with all these deals. We're sticking to it. And I I think it's a good place they're going. Thanks for taking my call. You got it, Mike. Thanks for thanks for the, the the call. I agree, and I think that's what you want to see. Now, there's going to be a weeding out process, okay? And listen, the fact that Kevin Knox is going to play in the summer league, he understands. There's there's a change on this team, 
Okay? There's a change. You felt it. You saw it last year. And he realizes it. And he wants to get some playing time. He's tired of sitting on the bench. Now, I don't know if it's going to mean anything. I don't know if it helps him uh, with the Knicks. Does it help him be getting possibly being shopped? I mean, I don't know. But I, I applaud him. And I know, I know it seems like he's been here forever. He's 21. It seems like, like how, I think he should be 24, 25 by now, right? But, you know, he showed a little something, and he's gone backwards ever since. So, yes, and they've added more draft choices. So let's see how this coaching staff is able to build this team and get them back and understanding, okay, what you did in year one was great but means nothing because now everybody knows what our game plan is. Everybody understands our secret. We play really hard, we play tough defense, and we try to score. And so for them, they still need some more scoring. So some of these young players have to take that next step and improve and have more contributions so we can maybe, possibly coerce Tibbs to limit the starters to like 35 minutes a game <laughs> instead of 50? <laughs> Buddha's in the Bronx. Buddha, you're next on 98.7. Oh, what's going on, baby bro? How are you, man? I'm doing great, partner. What's happening? All right, listen, there's two things. Um, you know, we spoke about, I spoke about the Knicks with the the last segment. I'm not going to get back into that. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, there was with the Yankees, you said it best. There's two things. You made two poignant points yesterday. Mm-hmm. You know, you spoke about the Yankees, and everybody was excited. Rizzo was doing his thing. And you said something which was not just so profound, but was supremely accurate. You need to see it over a long stretch. They won three games, and here we go, right back to the same place we were, with or without Rizzo, with or without Gallo. You know, hopefully, and I, and I hate to say this, and you hate to say this about any team you root for, but hopefully this thing blows up and it doesn't go. I hope they don't get the second wild card because this regime, this approach, this, um, uh, 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 not even, I, I hate to say boom because boom's a figurehead. This whole structure needs a radical adjustment. And, you know, Cashman tried to buy himself some time with these couple of guys that he bought. And like, like Cousin Brucey always says, the fans are going to go ballistic if you bring Cashman back. Forget about Boone. Boone's insignificant. If you bring Cashman back, back after his year, the fans are going to go nuts. And, you know, I, I hate to say it. Like I said, I hope to say root for my team to lose, but I hope they don't get that second wild card because we need a radical change. But the second thing that you played yesterday, which was very, very telling in a way that was, let's say, uh, how can you say it, was um, not, not overt, but it was more covert. Mm-hmm. You had Zach Wilson's cut. Mm-hmm. And you spoke to him, and he was talking about the interceptions and the things that took place in practice. Mm-hmm. And when you heard him talk, I, I, you know, I'm paraphrasing. He said, look, things happen. We're going to look at the film. We're going to get better. You know, I threw a deception. Hey, so what? You know, I'm going to do my thing. Next time I get back out there, I'm going to do it. When you play his cut, and then you play, and I asked, your producer, I asked Jake and them to see if they could find his cut from when Sam Donald was a rookie. And they asked Sam Donald, how does he feel about Todd Bowles as a coach? He's like, yeah, well, Todd is a cool guy, 
there's a whole different level of maturity there. And I don't know how it's going to play out on the field. Um, I'm starting to warm up to this kid, to mm-hmm. be quite honest with you. Mm-hmm. And it's not just about the way he spoke. But when I heard, like, we, you spoke again yesterday about um, Semini. We were talking about the quick release. Mm-hmm. This kid's been a senior. He's played, um, I believe, a junior was his senior. But he's played, you know, more, more at least one more year of football than Sam Donald. Right. And I like guys who went through adversity. He was injured the year before. He didn't play well. He came back, and he had a monster season. And I'm really, you know, I wanted Fields, and I still think Fields, me personally, I think Fields is going to be the best quarterback out of all of these guys in this draft. He's got the body. He's got the attitude. He's got the, uh, you know, how can you say, the chip on the shoulder, all those things, the championship pedigree, all that. But I'm warming up to this kid, Wilson. you got to listen to that cut. I'm telling you, you got to hear the cut when they – We've heard a thousand cuts from Sam Donald, but mm-hmm. there was one specific cut where they asked him. He said, "Because Todd, you know, remember Todd Bowles was he was he was under fire. He was under duress. Yeah, you know. And that young kid, when they asked him, how did he feel about? He could have said anything else. Well, Todd's a good leader. Todd did. Todd. He said Todd Bowles is a cool guy. <laughs> and when I when I heard that, and then when I heard that ghosts, I'm seeing ghosts out there. I was mm-hmm. done with him. I was done yeah. with him way before." You know, a lot of these other guys were calling in and talking. I was done with him way before because he was immature. He was California cool. And, you know, I don't like it when all your interceptions, all your turnovers, all your misreads of where you need to throw the football are all based on Todd Helton and Adam Gase and all these other different guys. You know, that kid from Buffalo, he played so-so in his first year. He played poorly, but there's a manly mistune. You understand what I'm talking about? I do. When you spoke to that kid, there's a manliness to him. Yeah. And yeah. I think I like that from Wilson. I, I, and I'm behind this kid, man. You know what, Buddha? Thanks for the phone call. He's got a little depth to him. And I also said yesterday that, and this is, and this never happened to my recollection, never happened. And this is not dump on Sam Darnold Day, but just to make a comparison, just to follow up. This never I never heard Sal Palantonio talk about Sam Darnold the way he spoke about Zach Wilson when he was at uh, Jets training camp on Saturday. I mean, he was he broke down and Sal Pal has seen a ton of different quarterbacks at different stages of their careers. Rookies, veterans, in between, second year, fifth year, fourteen year. He's seen them all. And he broke down Zach Wilson, and he was just, he talked about his quick release, as Rich Samini has spoken about. He talked about his movement. He talked about uh, the, the tight spiral. There was just a number of things he spoke about when he, when he saw Zach Wilson. So the extra year experience clearly helps, okay? But once again, having said all that, the other point of me playing that was you love to hear that. Listen, I shouldn't have done it. I'm going back to the I'm going back to the to the film and look at it. It's not going to happen again. And so, you like that attitude. You like that he took it his own took it upon himself. And you like that it's not going to happen again. And that's what sets a quarterback. That's what sets a real quarterback up. 
You know what I mean? In the sense of, okay, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to make that mistake again. And I, and that doesn't mean to say that the quarterbacks intentionally go out there and make the same mistakes over and over again. No, but there is a determination. There is a focus. There seems to be a discipline. Now we just by going, what he's saying. Now we may watch him play and he may make the same bad throw four or five different times. And we'll be like, boy, remember when he said that, <laughs> boy, how wrong were we to jump on him? I guess he's going to Canton. No, no, we're not saying that. But it's just there's an attitude, and it comes from experience, and it comes from a guy who, you know, it looks like he's got a little got a little toughness to him. Now we'll see how he plays out. We're, we're looking at training camp, day three or four, all right? That's what we're looking at. We've got to wait and just see how he fares through preseason games and of course during the regular season but some of the things you heard you like you like that he's got a quick release now in reading some of the transcripts that Rich Samini had from yesterday's camp sound like he threw it too quick so once again there's a there's the bottom line here is it's going to be a roller coaster season there's going to be some ups and there's going to be some downs you've got a rookie quarterback in the National Football League in a very tough division okay it's a very tough division. It's a it's a it's it's not a two and fourteen schedule, but it's not a tough schedule. All right, so we'll see what happens. Shake that thing, miss. Can I can I shake that thing, miss? Hanabella shake that thing, yeah. It's ESPN New York tonight, Monday night edition on ninety eight seven ESPN. Mets and Yankees lose. Oh unbelievable we'll talk baseball a little bit later let me let me stay with the Knicks because I, I here's where I am with the Mets I'll just say this before I get back to the phones Michael Conforto was benched tonight and given homework <laughs> given homework it must have worked because he came up and got a got a hit as a pinch hitter must have worked and I get you know Gordon and Michael K. Oh, don't worry worried about the division. Don't worry about the division. They're not coming to catch you. I'm worried about the Mets coming back to them. That's what I'm worried about now. They're coming. They're going backwards. Two and a half ahead of Philly. Three and a half ahead of Atlanta. And both those teams made some moves at the trading deadline. Now, I think they can hold on, but I don't know. 1-800-919-3776. Steve is in Queens. He's next on 98.7. What's up, Steve? Hi, how are you this evening? Great. Good. Um, just want to talk about the Knicks. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think a lot of your callers are going to call up as Knicks fans and just tell you, oh, the Knicks did great. You know, they, they improved slightly. Um, you know, they got better shooting. But in all honesty, I'll be surprised if they make the playing tournament. They're probably going to be a 9 or 10 seed next year. Uh, if I can tell you why, I think that um, – First of all, the top four teams in the East, um, and I think head above, head and shoulders above everyone else are Brooklyn, Milwaukee, Miami, and Atlanta. I don't think there's any debate with those four teams. Um, the Knicks, we're going we're gonna to look back after next year's season's over and say, wow, the Knicks were really, really overachieved in 2020, 2021, this past season, because they're going to get a hit with a hard dose of reality um, when you see that, you know, adding, adding, adding Edmund Forney is a nice little player, you know, but he has his cold streaks, too. Um, it's not going to be that much of an improvement over Reggie Bullock. Reggie Bullock was a better shooter than I think many people give him credit for. 
And um, you're just bringing back the, the, the same team. Um, granted, R.J. Barrett might get a little better. Um, I think Kevin Knox actually will get better. I, I, I think I think the draft pick that they made, the first-round pick, is a lot like Kevin Knox, unfortunately. But I think Kevin Knox is still a better version of that draft pick. So I don't think they got better through the draft. And, I mean, you know, they're just – So they're what just would the you have them – So what, what should they have done, Steve, to make them better? Well, I, I what should they have you, done? You mentioned, you mentioned Cameron Payne was available – I think Cameron Payne would have been a big improvement. I think bringing back Reggie, Reggie Bullock's a big improvement because when you don't have that generational player like a Giannis or a LeBron, you need depth in shooting. Like, this is a shooter's league. We've seen this for the last 10 years. You need four to five guys you can rely on that can shoot consistently night in, night out if you don't have that one or two stars that you can rely on. And this really don't. Randall's a guy who's he's good. He's not superstar status, obviously, but... You know, can, can he carry a team for, for 82 games? I don't think so. Can, can he come up clutch in the postseason against other stars? We saw that he couldn't. So, um, you know, a guy like Trey Young, who is a generational superstar and a, and a lot of real high-end role players that the Hawks have, they embarrassed the Knicks. So, Well, they didn't just embarrass the Knicks. Genera- they, they, they got all the way to till, the, till they, you know, eventually lost to the world champions. And I would say to you that, one doesn't beat five in this league, and Trey Young, as fabulous a talent as he is, he didn't beat he didn't beat the, those teams alone. It's who they have surrounded around them. Thanks for the phone call. And so, yeah, I can hear what you're saying, but you're telling me on the one hand you're saying that the Knicks didn't do anything; uh, they basically had the same team. But you're but you wanted Reggie Bullock back, which means they would have made no changes at all. And I would say to you that I think Evan Fournier is a better three point shooter over a longer period of time than what I think Reggie Bullock is. He's more consistent. Now, we'll find out. We'll see. The proof will be in the team itself. Okay, we'll see. Yeah, and everybody has improved. And I don't know if now with what Miami's done and the way Miami plays defense, I don't know that Miami is not better than Atlanta. I mean, remember, Miami was in the finals in the bubble. And had it not, for me, just my opinion, had it not been for that short turnaround, I don't know that they wouldn't have gotten back. They had a lot of injuries last year. Lost their point guard for a while. A lot lot of injuries. So, yeah, there's been a lot of change there. Okay? And so what we're saying is the Knicks are a better team than they were last year because they have a better, I think, a better three-point shooter. And we'll see how these draft choices – the ones they picked up this year and the ones they have have now a full year, a full off season to see what's going on with Tom, Tom Thibodeau. And they've had a year under their belt and let's see how they improve. They may not be the fourth seed. I don't know that they're going to fall to 10. I don't think they're going to be six spots lower, but you know what? Listen, they might be a better team and have a worse record. It happens that way. Sometimes we'll see. 1-800-919-3776. Al's in Holbrook. What's up, Al? You're next on 98.7. Hey, how you doing? Like, how's everything, man? Everything's good, Al. What's up? All right. I couldn't disagree with that last call or more. Um, the Knicks are, uh, I think, in my opinion, um, much better today than they were yesterday. And I'm going to tell you why. Re- Even if Fournier and Reggie Bullock are three-point shooting are washed, the one thing that Reggie Bullock didn't have is he 
he, he wasn't a person that could put the ball on the floor. So he was one-dimensional in, 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 in that fact, just the shooter. So if you watch that, and you watch that Atlanta, that Atlanta theory, a lot of times Trey Young was sticking Reggie, Reggie Bullock in the corner. And we couldn't even take advantage of that mismatch because Reggie Bullock can't put the ball on the floor. Now, one thing about Fournier is he will put the ball on the floor, he will score. He much, he's more of a scorer than Reggie Bullock. So I think that we improved in, in that aspect of the two players. And with that also being said, then you're going to have Mitchell Robinson coming back, who, who wasn't available last year. So now I feel like a lot of those floaters uh, that, like, Trey Young was doing, like, I think now could be defended much, much, much better. And, and, and lastly, there's a thing called cohesion. You have these same players for two years under Thibodeau, and maybe we get some more cohesion and, and become a better team because we play together for a much longer period. When was the last time the Knicks re-signed free agents? I mean, I don't. This is this is amazing to me, in my in my opinion. I hear what you're saying, Al. Thanks for the phone call. There is something to be said to having some continuity. There's something to be said that you're able to build and continue on, and now you have guys who are furthering your culture that you're trying to build. And I think they're on the right track. Now, once again, I would have, you know, really wanted a point guard. Uh, Cameron Payne re-signed with Phoenix. Uh, the previous caller said he wanted him. Like, I wanted him. Well, he wasn't available. He re-signed with Phoenix. And listen, they were, they were in the finals. So if I had a chance to, you know, be in the finals again to run it back, I probably would have stayed where I was also. All right? So we'll see what they're able to do. With that point guard situation right now, the way the roster is, the way the roster looks, obviously Derrick Rose is your starting point guard, and you just have to, you know, you have to make sure that his minutes are manageable. Tibbs, <laughs> make sure his minutes are manageable. I think what you have now is, if if you figure that you're looking at Fournier as a starter with, you know, Randall and Rose and RJ and either Noel, I would think Nerlens Noel, maybe it's Mitchell Robinson, I don't know, I would think Nerlens Noel. Okay, I think you now have more scoring in that in that starting lineup. Okay, you have more scoring and you have a guy, once again, who's a little better. Reggie Bullock had, had a phenomenal year last year. He did. And you love the relationship and the chemistry that he had specifically with Julius Randall. That's undeniable. But Fournier is a little more diverse. He's a little, as the caller mentioned, you can put the ball on the floor. He can get to the basket a little bit. He's not just a catch-and-shoot guy. He's he's a guy that can do some other things. Now, I also will admit to you that I think that Reggie Bullock's a little better defensively than what I've seen from uh, Evan Fournier, but that will change. And if it doesn't, he'll, his minutes will decrease. <laughs> it's simple. That's the Thibodeau way. That's how, that's how Thibodeau loves to do it. So we'll see. But um, I think they're a better team, okay? And they're sticking with the young players. And once again, the key thing for me, with these acquisitions, these free agent acquisitions, look at the years. It's three years. It's three years. It's three years. So if you want to move some guys, if another, another deal comes along, you want to improve and take the next step, you can but you have improved yourself and you're hoping now that the guys, your young players will come back 
and have done some work in the offseason and will be better. That's what you're betting on. No seven-year, $275 million contract. Nothing like that. Nothing. So with that, I'm good. I'm happy with that. That that puts a smile on my face. Zach is in Yonkers. Hey, Zach, you're next on 98.7. Hey, Larry, how you doing? Great, Zach. What's up? Uh, listen, I got two quick points to make. Um, I think that I, I agree with the previous caller and the one who came before him could not have been more wrong. The Knicks have gotten noticeably better in this offseason. You look at that starting five, Rose, Barrett, Fournier, Mitchell Robinson or Noel and Julius Randle. I'm telling you, man, like that's a team that's going to win ball games. Like forget about the playing tournament. That team is going into the playoffs and I would bet my hat on it for sure. Um, and you know, Mitchell Robinson has a lot to prove. I think that Tom Thibodeau gets a lot out of players with something to prove, AKA Derek Rose last year. And, uh, I, I feel incredibly optimistic. And the second point I wanted to make is that the fact that Leon Rose finished fourth in voting for executive of the year is an absolute travesty. That man should have ran away with that trophy because he, with the lowest payroll in the NBA, got the fourth seed. I mean, that's insane. I don't, I don't feel like he gets enough props, and I feel like he's a mover and shaker beyond what we see in the public. You know what I mean? Like, his relationships run really deep throughout the league, and uh, I, I just, like, I, I really trust the guy. And I, you know, a lifelong Knicks fan. My father was a Knicks fan. I grew up like watching the teams in the nineties and in the heyday. And like, we only had that when Carmelo came back and we made the playoffs again, by the way, I would shell out for like a veterans minimum and bring Melo back. I think that would be awesome. He's still got one of the smoothest mid range jumpers in history. Yeah, um, nice. So yeah, that's just my take on it. I, I really think we've taken a big step up in this off season. And um, yeah, I look forward to your point, Larry. All right, Zach, thanks for the phone call. I'm not sure that I would – I don't know if I would bring Carmelo back. I don't. Um, I loved him as a player here. I know that he he drove me crazy sometimes too. Um, but, you know, his shoot, his, his ability to shoot and score, you know, he's he still can't give you some nights when he's really, really good. There's no question about it. Um, but I don't know. I don't know if I would bring him back. Um, I agree with you. Pretty much you said – what I'm, what I've been saying, they, they've improved themselves. It's a matter of now, what is the next step? What else does Tibbs put in his program for these players so they make adjustments to whatever they've they've seen? Because once again, let's face it, they snuck up on some folks last year. They did. They're not going to sneak up on anybody this year, at all. Not at all. They've got to be better. And the key thing for me with them is they have to do a better job late in games with making sure that you have to get better shots and you're not just relying on Julius Randle. And I think with the way the minutes can be straightened, can be you know negotiated during the games, if you can end up with Fournier, with your starting five, with Fournier, Randall, and Rose on the floor, meaningful minutes in the fourth quarter with the game on the line, you've got more than one option, Nick fans. Last season before Rose got here, you had one option. You've already improved more than that. It's ESPN New York tonight. 
on 98.7 ESPN. Here we go. one 800 Also on Twitter at Hardesty ESPN at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. Back to the phones we go. Let's talk to Lee in Manhattan. Hey, Lee, you're next on 98.7. My brother, Brother Larry. Lee! What's happening? What's happening? Everything's good, my friend. How are you? I'm good, man. Listen, I'm not even going to talk about the Knicks or the NBA because remember... As a kid, you got them two, three, four hundred piece jigsaw puzzles, okay? That's what the NBA is right now. I can't even keep up with nothing to half of what's going on. But I need to talk about our Mets. Okay, okay, let's do it. Yes. I don't understand how, with the trade deadline that came up, knowing what happened with the Grom, okay, why the Mets didn't try to find a picture. We're getting ready to go through probably the toughest schedule of the entire season from this point till the end of August, which includes that West Coast trip, and we haven't even gotten into dealing with the Central Division. Okay? Mm-hmm. So now, my question to you is one, what do we do about Conforto and two, would you consider, because we've already been through this a couple of years ago, putting Seth Lugo back into the starting rotation? Because you see that Strowman has already lost 10 games, and he was supposed to be that gap to fill in, you know, while we were waiting for uh, Syndergaard to come back. Now we done lost both Syndergaard. We done lost DeGrom till September. But the key, more than anything, the Mets got to start scoring some R-U-N-S's. They can't start, keep relying on the bullpen. And they need to start scoring some runs in order to stretch the starters out to where they can go at least seven innings, at mm-hmm. least before you turn it over to the bullpen. Absolutely right, Lee. Help me out here, Brother Larry. Help me out. Because, Lee- you know, like I said, we hold, we holding on, but we, we you know, that thread is getting slim. <laughs> We holding on with our nails on the ledge. <laughs> and you know I'm a you know I'm a diehard to the end, but we got to figure this out. I hear you, Lee. I hear you. Thanks you know for the phone call, my friend. Always good hearing from you. Um, listen, I'm sure they tried to get a pitcher. I'm sure they did, and I would have to think that the price tag was just too high. You know, obviously they 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 had interest in Scherzer, who had no interest in anybody unless you were on the West Coast. That's how you ended up with the Dodgers. They tried. They, they brought in Rich Hill, who is a decent pitcher. Okay, he's a soft tossing lefty, and you know he's got a, a situation where he's you know he's got a thin margin for error. Now I think he'll pitch better than what we've seen the first two starts, but you know we have to see. Stroman, I think is see. Here's the thing with Stroman. We're looking at him because he's losing games. But to be fair. I mean, I doubt that he had, what, yesterday had one bad inning. And the Mets aren't scoring any runs. So you give up two, three runs, it's over. You're not not winning. So really the big thing, Lee, is because the pitching, there's no, you're not getting anybody now. So you got to hope for the Grom to come back in September. And listen, I want to make sure that I got him in October. So, you know, if, 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 if he's, you know, September, I'm not rushing him back. 
I'm just saying. I'm not trying to rush him back. Um, so right now, you're right. It's about run support. It's about getting some runs for this team. And and they got to find a way to score some runs. I mentioned Conforto, who was benched. I mean, he was batting, he was batting like a buck 96. I mean, he just disappeared off the face of the earth. And he was, and this was a time that he was pretty good. We had seen him; he was doing some things that you thought he might get better, and it didn't happen. So he got a pinch hit tonight. So hopefully that might get him something to get going. But you're right, Lee; they got to start scoring some runs because that's ultimately what's killing this team: the lack of run support for the for the starters. It's awful. Bruce is in Flushing. Hey, Bruce, you're next on 98.7. Hey, Larry. How are you doing tonight? All right, Bruce. What's up? Um, I have a Nick point and some Yankee points. First, okay. I have breaking news about the Yankees. Okay, good. <laughs> um, Aaron Boone reported in his press conference that um, the, um, the pitcher, the number one pitcher, has COVID. Gary Cole, huh? He's going to be missing a couple of games, at least. He'll be out for about 10 days. And mm-hmm. Gio Scheller is on going on a deal. Uh, you just can't get anything going for you, huh, Bruce? Yeah, well, now let me get to a couple of Yankee points. Sure. I want you this is why Buddha, I agree with Buddha, and I've said this before, Brian Cashman cannot come back as a Yankee general manager. Mm-hmm. Can you explain to me how Brian Cashman goes on MLB radio and says br- that Brett Gardner is the starting center fielder. <laughs> Can you give me any logical reason other than the fact that Brian Cashman refuses to admit when he makes a mistake? Uh, I just think that, that they just love, they love Brett Gardner. They've always loved Brett Gardner. They feel that he is their best, uh, their best guy in center field right now, um, you know, that's that's just what he's saying. Now, you know. You, you put Greg Allen in the center field, he's just as good as defensive outfielder as, as Gardner. He's switch hitter. He's bang more than, than Gardner is. And you, can t- and you can see how he put a spark in this team. Yeah, you're absolutely right. He definitely has. He definitely has. You won't get any argument from me about it. He definitely has put a spark in there. Um, how do yeah, you view him, Bruce? Me, Bruce, the one thing I will yeah. say, though, is defensively, how has he looked? Because that play, that, that, that play in uh, Boston, I thought he should have caught that ball that led to that uh, breakdown. All right. Well, look what happened to Garner the other day when he dropped the ball in, in, in the outfield. Yeah. When, when he got to the fence also. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, next point. Yes. When we're looking at all the point cards, remember, there's a wild card out there for a Nick point card. The kid they got from Argentina. I don't know how good he is. Some say he's pretty good. So before everybody says, well, Nick's going to get a point card, let's see how this kid from Argentina looks because he might be a diamond in the rough. We'll see. You're right. We'll see. We'll see, Bruce. Thanks for the phone call. I mean, you know, I'm I'm not sure if what he's. Uh, I know he's going to get the one they drafted. I know he's going to get uh, an opportunity, and there's one that they have overseas. So we'll see if he's able to come. I think he's going to be in the uh, Nick Summer League camp. So we'll see if he's able to uh, show show enough that he might be get some consideration. 
to see uh, you know whether he can make that point guard or not. 1-800-919-3776. Rex is in Rockland. What's up, Rex? You're next. Larry, Larry, what's going on, buddy? Hey, How Rex, you what's up, partner? I just want to just, uh, I had to chime in. I, I heard Steve call in, and he was just bloviating about the Reggie Bullock not signing with the Knicks and how the Knicks didn't improve. And I just had to just say that that's just ridiculous, and please don't pick up these calls from these fools. <laughs> the Knicks have Evan Fournier, who can create his own shot. It's already been said, and you've already heard it. But he, this guy just assassinated the USA Dream Team uh, light, okay? He just took us to, to task with Team France. He's definitely what we needed against Atlanta to get over the hump when Randall and RJ couldn't create a shot. We needed this guy because he carried a team uh, for years as their offensive focus. He can do it, and we're not asking him to be number one. We just want that extra kick out because let's, let's face it, our uh, Reggie Bullock, he lived off and made his next uh, living off of the assist that came from Randall. If Randall and his, him duo, I think, was the highest assist to uh, three-point uh, um, in the league. But let's be real. It was just defense and that uh, spot-up three. Fournier can learn defense, but he's not being asked to play defense. He's coming in to create that last-minute shot. Mm-hmm. Him to say that Atlanta and everyone else improved, the Knicks had improved, you're telling me OB's not in the lab? The Argentinian player, the last call I just mentioned, is in the Olympics right now. Uh, RJ has been in uh, in the Olympics himself, carrying Canada as well. Um, you're telling me uh, Emmanuel quickly has not stepped his game up? You're telling me all these guys don't have a chip on their shoulder? And it says a lot for the chemistry, for players wanting to come back and play for Tibbs, for the for the bashing that Tibbs got all his career about how, how hard he's been, for all his veterans to still want to come back and play for him, that says a lot. So i got to say, the Knicks have improved. Chemistry is not something to take lightly. And there's, these, these, these rookies are definitely going to show up, and I, I believe in what we're doing. And I think that we're not a, we're a move away. We've got six, six first-round picks that we can throw out there for uh, a Dane, or if anything, we can dangle something out there for a Terry Rozier or keep an eye on what's going on in Sacramento with the three-point guard situation they have there. There's something that can be done. We, we have a lot of flexibility. How many teams can say that? So You're right, there's Rex. a lot that's still yet to be done, and we have improved. Thanks, Larry, for your time. Thanks for the call. You're right. And once again, the key thing is the years that they signed for the free agents. We'll continue the conversation. More hoops and baseball. That's next. It's ESPN New York tonight on 98.7 ESPN New York. This is ESPN New York tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer. Hour number two, Monday night edition of the show. Gordon's off. 1-800-919-3776. Also via Twitter at Hardesty ESPN at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. Talking NBA, talking baseball with you. We'll follow up the, uh, our breaking story that um, Aaron Boone in the postgame of the Yankee loss to Baltimore indicated that Garrett Cole has tested for COVID and will be out at least maybe two weeks. So we'll update you and let you know what happens there. We'll, you know, we usually do our baseball scoreboard stuff at the bottom of the hour here around 1130. So we'll update you then. And uh, we'll take you back to the ballpark in uh, at the stadium and, of course, in Miami where the Mets lost to the Marlins. Uh, it just gets tough. 1-800-919-3776. 
Shinko Phoenix says, free agency for Knicks. Larry was a slight improvement, not blown away. Contracts team-friendly. Could those contracts be in play should Lillard push for a trade? Or anybody else? Yeah. That's why you, that's why you make those manageable contracts if you can. And let's face it, really, the players you're getting are not max players. You know, they're not the they're not the top, 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 top of the league. They're not the super, super, superstars. So you can you can do that. You can make it three years, maybe two years with a team option for third or something of that nature. So yeah, that's what you like about it. So Lillard or anybody who becomes available, you now have the players and the money that makes it team friendly, and you still have a bunch of picks. And I think that it's a nice mixture. You've got some draft choices that you're keeping, and you're and you've got some other ones that you still have in the future. So listen, I think the Knicks are on the I think the Knicks are on the right track. I like what they're doing. Is this right, Brian? Jake? Trey is in Brooklyn, Texas? Trey? The entrepreneur is next Larry. on ninety eight seven ESPN. Larry, good to talk to you guys. First time, long time. It's been a while. <laughs> What's up, Trey? What's going on, man? How you been? I've uh, been great. How's business? Uh, business is going to start Labor Day. Uh, All right. Like I just told Big Jake, we had we we got some uh, we had we had some small difficulties with some construction on the inside of the building. Uh, we got it taken care of, so Labor Day is going down. Excellent, excellent. Well, best of luck. Thank you so much. Um, Larry, really quick, mm-hmm. you know, everybody, you know, did the team not win 41 games, Larry? Well, 41 games, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good All right. So it's a, a decent team. I would call them decent. Mm-hmm. But, the, but but as you can see us, Nick fans, man, we're not used to having anything. No, we're not. Because now we have them in, now we got them in the playing tournament. Yeah. <laughs> Larry, this team is going to be fine. Tibbs is going to get these, these boys up and running. The, the 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 deals. This is why you're the constantly area of New York sports life because you know that this is why those deals were made today. Those were those deals were made today, like you said, just in case somebody in the Pacific Northwest is available. I'm not mm-hmm. going to say anything. We don't have to say anything. So I mean, I, I like the direction where we're, where we're going. Those the guys we got in the draft. Those are G leaguers. Yeah, they're going to the G league. They don't mm-hmm. they don't look uh, that kid uh, Quentin Grimes from Houston. He might be ready. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's a he's a pretty good player, um, but other than that, Larry, I, I like I, I'm not mad at Derrick Rose. I'm not mad at the money. That money is we got to spend that money, so that money is well spent right there. And he's right. going to be your starter. Tim's got to manage those minutes, though. Yeah, he's so it's going to be it's going to be it's going to be on Emmanuel quickly to step his game up this this summer. I want to see that. Mm-hmm. I want to see him get better. He's yep. got to. He, <laughs> Derrick Rose can't play 38 minutes a game, Larry. Well, listen, he's going to try. He's going to try. Oh, man, it, just, it, looks, it looks bad, man. He, he gets to those, the 27th minute, man, and you see the legs just start, they're gone. They start wobbling. You know, and, and, and you, he, yeah, and you shouldn't have to put that on him anyway. He, right. He, you shouldn't have to put that on him. You got Emmanuel quickly to back him up. I like the Nick direction, man. We just got to just calm down. I understand that the East got better because they did get better. Lowry to mm-hmm. Miami is crazy. Lonzo mm-hmm. Ball to Chicago is crazy. Yeah, I wonder, Lonzo Ball we're going to be fine, man. I do believe we're going to get a nice present from the Pacific Northwest. I'm not saying his name, Larry. Brian over there smiling. Jay, you know who I'm talking about. Yeah, they know who you're talking you know, about. We all know, you know who, who you're who talking, talking about. about. 
Yeah, we do. We ain't got, we ain't got to say it. Don't say his name. Don't say no, his name. No, don't touch the money, Larry. Mess it up. Don't, don't mess it right up. That's right. Good to talk to you, my friend. Stay well. Best of luck. Always, sir. All right, we'll talk soon. 1-800-919-3776. We're talking draft. We're talking Knicks. Let's see what Val in the Bronx has to say on 987 ESPN. Good evening, my man, Larry. How you doing, sir? Good night. Good night. How are you tonight, bro? I'm doing great, Val. What's up, partner? Man, you know what? I, I You know, you got a nice, decent uh, cadre of soldiers out there. So the last few callers kind of stole my thunder. I don't even need to say, because that first person that called that was talking about holding on to Bullock, you know, over Fournier, I don't know what planet he was on, but thankfully you got a cadre of soldiers that, you know, you got some good callers. But if I could just make a couple of points real quick. Mm-hmm. He is so crazy because Fournier actually stretches the floor for us. A lot of people complaining about what Julius and RJ couldn't do in the playoffs, and that's because anybody who's ever heard a call, anytime I get through, I always say in sports, balance is so important. And Fournier actually makes it so that RJ and Julius get a little extra room now to maneuver, and maybe they won't be as frustrated you know, moving forward as they were in the playoffs. And not only that, you know, <clears throat> one other point I can make, if we could get a GPS out on um, Hakeem Olajuwon in this clinic that he does with the school that he does, because we need to put Mitchell Robinson in some kind of like a, you know, a training program like that where he could get some post-up moves and just be able to do other things. Because, you know, I like the, the, the caller that talked about the continuity. Mm-hmm. It is so true. And the only thing about Fournier that, that hurts me is that it kind of makes Beal right now in the short term seem like that's out of the question. But who knows what happens in the trade later on. But the continuity, the fact that we're building the foundation and we're letting things lie for a minute, just like you said, these three-year deals, everything is just working out. You know, the only thing that I, I, I have a problem with, I don't like because we got to get used to dealing in that landscape of – the middle of the pack when it comes to the draft and the fact that we didn't do anything with that 19th pick mm. you know i think in the future because in the next few years we're going to be constantly in the middle of the pack right now unless we move up right we're not we're not you know seller dwellers anymore mm-hmm. so they got to get used to knowing how to deal with that in the draft but for everything that's happening free agency wise echoing everything that the last few callers have said we are looking nice you are on point, Larry. Have a good night, my man. All right, Val. Thanks for checking in. Yeah, listen. And and clearly, the players that they wanted, they wanted to – the word was out. Everybody was talking about how that was the rumors that the Knicks wanted to move up because there were people that they really wanted, that they worked out, that they knew they would be gone by 19. So when their folks were gone by 19, what they did was they say, hey, listen, the people we have are gone. Let's trade back. Let's get some future assets and let's you know move further down to get some other people that are lower on our draft board. And that's what they did. So you know we'll see. And and once again, as as Trey mentioned, you've got some guys. That's why you have your your G League. Okay, that's why you have you get those guys down there. You help develop them. They get get better, and then you bring them up when they're ready. They run the same offense. There's the same the same situation that the big club has, defensive intensity, offensive intensity, all that same stuff. They run the exact same thing in Westchester. So when you can pull a player up for injury or whatever you need to or depth, 
they're ready to go. And that's what you want. That's, 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 that's what the really good teams do. Okay. You have depth with your young guys and that's what you do to make them better, make your team better. And I think I'm sure that's what the Knicks are going to do. This is ESPN New York tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN.